I'm Karen. And I'm Lauren. And this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. We know nothing. Lauren, how you doing? I'm great, Karen. Uh, there's something very important that I have to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so stupid, but here it is, right? So um, last week, I was like, walked into work. Okay. I was he- I was in a good headspace. Okay. The children are coming in. I got sixth grade first thing in the morning, guys. That's eight twenty-five as we start in the morning. Sixth graders coming in. They're great. Yeah, okay. This sixth grader came in a little late. Um, and he just goes, Mrs. Neurth, I'm sorry I'm late. I really had to poop. And I am an expert actor and <laughs> kept okay. a completely straight face. And I just need you to be really proud of me on that because I didn't even uh, flinch. Yeah, for those of you new to the pod, Lauren has the uh, sense of humor of a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> so for her to like be able to be like, thank you, sit down, is honestly like, it's okay, bud. Go pretty ahead. impressive. <laughs> I am so proud of myself. And I hear so much weird shit at work all Correct. the time Like, because middle school is so weird. And sometimes <laughs> well, kids haven't does... figured out their filter yet, no. I think. And are, like, Sometimes you know. it just goes right over my head. Yeah. And some days, sometimes I remember it. And that was one of the things that I for sure remembered. So this other time, this kid told us her whole sixth grade choir class that she liked Peter Pants on the ski lift. And I was like, if if I had done that in sixth grade, I would never have gone back to school if I would know that. Now, that I, I grew up in the Billy Madison times where it's cool to pee your pants. Oh, anyway, no, no, no. do you know what will make you pee your pants? This show. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm in. Um, yeah, we're continuing our quest <gasps> yes. for Stephanie J. Block Notice Us. Um I don't know if I'll do this show, but I will say right now she is gearing up to be in a limited engagement of Sunset Boulevard, yes. a show that they have not done in years. No, it's not been revived in a while. Um, it's a pretty dark show, actually. What do you mean? But listen to it. It's great. Uh, a bunch of clips just went out, I think, like on the um, that, their socials of her singing kind of the like penultimate, like the big number of Norma Desmond from that show. It's awesome, dudes. Go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, further proof that, honestly, Stephanie J. Block can play anyone she is such i mean here's the thing please she notice us but any role <laughs> she has such good range in terms yeah. of the roles that she has played it really truly is like it, it's something sure, um really so today in an effort to continue to have uh 70j block notice us we are doing fiddler on the roof uh in which she was in it uh hold please i know oh. well i brought i had the wrong thing you know what else I just realized, Karen? Sure. Last week was absolutely Valentine's Day when we dropped a Women on the Verge episode. <laughs> we didn't even address happy it. So Galentine's. Happy Galentine's for you us. You don't need a man. Um, Women on the Verge. Married. <laughs> Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown, a lot of romantic themes in it, so at least sure, that's we didn't, fun. We didn't address it, and I guess what? I feel fine about it. I okay. feel fine about it. Too. Uh, it's funny. She played, sure, she played Dital in the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera uh fiddler on the roof in 2002 great sure uh young enough sure i also continue to be confused about like her age she is she's like playing ambiguous age yes ambiguous age kind of all the time so uh okay love it so uh lauren what do you know about no i'm just kidding i feel like fiddler's pretty well (laughs) well you know how like sometimes we're like what do you know about this show and you're like i think it's about this and i'm like i know it very well this Um, is about a fiddler on the roof yeah, no, I know it very well. This is a show that I'm uh, very familiar with. I've never been in it, but I've been adjacent to it um, so many times. This was the second show my company did. Yeah. Or the second big musical my company did. Um, so I know it well, and I know it near and dear. We had, that was one, that was um, next to Greece 
my largest cast. Uh, we had about almost we had almost eighty people on stage. Ooh. Sure, it was a lot. That's in which cool. I'm going to tell you, this was one of those shows. The Seven during Greece too, and we had a large amount of people. Uh, where like week of show, people just appeared who I feel like I had never seen before. And you're like, I'm sorry, but they had costumes and they knew where to go. But I was like, I've I've oh, no, never no. seen. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Um, but I was like, G- get on up there. Okay. You're doing um, great. Who are you? Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, so, music and book uh, by, I'm sorry, music by Jerry Bach, lyrics by Sheldon Harnick, yep. who they've all done a lot of stuff, book by Joseph Stein, and um, it's, I'm sure I have some funny stories about this, but it's based on uh, the story of Tevye and his daughters uh, and other tales by Sholem which I'm gonna Good. once already Good. ahead of time gonna apologize for pronunciations on this one. Yeah. Um, but it's in it is this it was a Broadway debut in 1964, and it has been done a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Uh, <laughs> so many. <laughs> Just you know, at it's, what it's you're at. you know what's bananas. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. It um, it ran for yes. It opened in 1964, <laughs> yes. and it was the first musical theater run in history to surpass 3,000 performances. Ooh. And it held the record for longest-running Broadway music for almost 10 years until Greece surpassed its run. Wow. Now both those things are whatever. But uh, and it was also made into the 1971 film, which is what I grew up on, uh, is watching that, uh, who I think it, was, it starred Topol. Yeah. Um, and then uh, here's the thing. It, like, genuinely went through so many different things. And it, like I said, based on somewhat real, real things. And then what's interesting is, let's see, in the, oh, it was, there was a production um, off Broadway based on his story. So Tevye and his daughters. Mm. And then briefly, Rodgers and Hammerstein looked at it for a hot second. Oh. Uh, So that is just kind of something interesting. And like I said, it's been done. It, um, it's touring. It recently was revived, I think off-Broadway, not fully on-Broadway, but it was done in Yiddish, like, yes. completely, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's like, a show that has, um, sure, it's on tour, because it just came through Detroit, I feel like, not that long ago. I didn't see it, but I, I did hear that it was here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, when I was in middle school, my high school did it. My sister was in it as, like, a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the high school that I, in the district that I worked for has done it in the yep. last few years. Um, so. I we had a great cast, I think, and we had such fun doing it. And it was, you know, it's, a good it's show for such high a good yeah, it's a good show for high schools if you have a good Tevya uh, and a good Golda. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into it. Act one. Tevya, a poor Jewish milkman and fo- with five daughters, explains the customs of the Jews in the Russian shaitel of Anatevka in 1905, where their lives are as precarious as the perch of a fiddler on the roof. And this show opens with the song Tradition. Mm-hmm. And um, something to know, Tevya breaks the fourth wall. Yes, Tevya breaks the fourth wall. Um, it, which I love. It, I do like it. And He one talks of the to God and he talks to the audience. Talks to God, talks to the audience. One of the things that I actually use um, this, I use clips of Fiddler on the Roof where I can find them to sh- teach tableau and oh, yeah. fourth wall breaking to my sure. sixth grade students. Because it happens a lot. He's yeah. alone and has these moments. We'll get to him. Well, and, like everyone else usually yep. tableaus behind him. Yes. And like that's a really good way to like drive home why we do a tableau, yep. which is really cool. Um, also, there's like a bootleg of Josh Groban doing Tevia at like in high school or something. Oh. And that's funny. <laughs> so sure. I buy him more as 
Tevia maybe than T- Sweeney Todd. Anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so it opens with the song tradition in a similar way to, like, Ragtime introducing people. Oh, he yeah. in- This introduces basically the whole village. So he talks about, like, it breaks it into the papas do this, the mamas do this, the sons, the daughters. And then they go through, like, specific people in their village. So he's like, we have a rabbi, and he is the person of this, and our beloved matchmaker, the and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Yep. And you kind of – so he literally introduces everybody in the show – in this opening number. And I will say it is like iconic and will get stuck in your head. Um, it was the thing people struggled with the most where they had to walk on beat and you, we realized how many people can't walk on beat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's one of the songs. I actually taught myself how to play the song by ear on the piano. Sure. It's actually really easy to play. So. Um, and then it, there is at least in the good, we did, we put, sure. I put Lydia up on a, like a, like a very skinny roof, like oh. plank in which once again, she was like, okay. She's a dancer, so I figured she also has, like, good balance. It'll be okay. Years later, she's like, I was terrified the entire time I was Aww. up there. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys, you have to tell me more stuff. But it's the idea of the fiddler on the roof has to keep his balance. And yeah. so it's the idea of, like, your life needing balance and the town needing balance, all these things. Sure, it's a very nice metaphor yes. that just, like, continues throughout the show. So, um, sure, he goes, as precarious as a fiddler on the roof. And the and song the fiddler ends. is there. Um, we cut to Tevye's home, and everybody is busy preparing for the Sabbath meal. His sharp-tongued wife—I don't think she's sharp-tongued. I, don't know if I, would describe I was going to say that I way. think they're just very equal in a in a time that the wife potentially was not, not an equal. Equals, yeah. yeah. Um, his sharp-tongued wife Golda orders their daughters Zeidel, Hadel, Hava, Spritza, and Belki. Belkia. Thank you about their tasks. We also added a couple more children into that. Yeah, daughters. The high school um, we did like seven. We had seven. Also, just recently, when my high school did it. One of them was named Bela, and one was named. Damn it, I forgot the other one. Yeah, we like picked out some names, and we were like, "Get in there, children." Sure. Same. Um. So, but he. The whole point is, he has only daughters. Uh, Yenta, the village matchmaker, arrives to tell Golder that Laser Wolf, the wealthy butcher, a widower older than Tevia, wants to wed Zidal. That's gross. Sure, it is gross. That's, the eldest daughter. It's supposed to be gross, but like, it is gross. Well, so she's the eldest daughter, which you probably figure she was like 18. Yeah. <laughs> she's like young. 16. Yeah. Like. Uh, no, no, no. I think 20s. But anyway, mm. uh, the next two daughters, Hadel and Hava, uh, are excited about Yenta's visit, but Zaitl illustrates how it could have bad results in Matchmaker, Matchmaker. Uh, excellent. I love this song. I think it's great. Um, when we did it, I loved my girls who played uh, those three daughters. Like, to be fair, the younger daughters you are named, but you never really hear from them. No, it's these three girls. And uh, we threw in, like, I had girls that could sing, so we I was like, "What? make that a three-part harmony. Let's go. And yeah. it, they did such a good job. But basically what happens is... Uh, Hadel and Hava are like, oh, before you can, we can get married, you have to get married, and when will we get a match? And yeah. Zaitl's like, you might get stuck with, like, a garbage piece of shit man. Maybe so, he's like, an alcoholic right, maybe beats he beats you every night, like, yeah. you know. Maybe he's really fat and yep. mean, like, yeah. Uh, he's tall, a tall man that is from side to side. Yeah. So, sure, I do still remember the song. I, uh, I could probably, like, gun to head, I could probably also yes. sing it. I don't know why, but, like, Well, man. and we start to talk about a little bit of the class struggle where a girl from a poor family must take whatever husband Yenta brings. But Zaitl wants to marry her childhood friend, Model the Tailor. Uh, and so you kind of realize, like, a little class struggle where Laser yeah. Wolf is also very rich because he's the butcher, so, like, it's yep. a good match, quote-unquote. Um, but to Lauren's point, gross. It's uh, gross. Tevia is... Also, he's a butcher, which means there's always just dead animals everywhere. That's yucky. 
Okay. Well, I'm sure. So, um, <laughs> and I, in this scene, Zeidel and Model have a moment where they're just like, hello, have you told him? And it's like yeah. secret. So, Tevi is out delivering milk, pulling the cart himself as his horse is lame, and he asks God, whom would it hurt if I were a rich man? And this is, like, very, pretty famous. It's a super famous song. Yeah. Gwen Stefani parodied oh, yeah, it. Yeah, sure, sampled it. Yeah. Um, anyway, the bookseller tells Tevia news from the outside world of uh, pogroms and expulsion. So, essentially, we're at the turn where Russia is starting to expel people from their homes. Yeah. And so, that's part of it. And, sure, once again, our history podcast. Uh, What's a, up? Yeah. A stranger, Perchik, hears the conversation and scolds them for doing nothing more than talk. The men dismiss Perchik as a radical, but Tevya invites him home for the Sabbath meal and offers him food and room in exchange for tutoring his two youngest daughters. Uh, so he brings him home. Golda tells Tevya to meet Laser after the Sabbath, but does not tell him why, knowing that Tevya doesn't like Laser Wolf, which, sure, he's right. Well... Uh, Zeidel is afraid that Yenta will find her a husband before Model asks Tevya for her hand, but Model resists. He is afraid of Tevya's temper, and tradition says that a matchmaker arranges the marriages. And we learn that in when they sing tradition, it's like, she arranges all the marriages. Yeah. Um, Model is also very poor and is saving up to buy a sewing machine before he approaches Tevya to show that he can support his wife. The family gathers for the Sabbath prayer. This is beautiful, by the way. I really do like this song yeah um we did the thing where we had everybody like we had tevya's sabbath table we lit candles and we weren't supposed to and they start singing and then we had all the families just come out like on the stage went blank and we just had them enter with candles it was great that's lovely uh it was very pretty um sure model is uh like a he would be considered like a geek now like he's not (laughs) like in terms of like what you what tevya is maybe picturing for his daughter's like suitors yeah he's like kind of like nerdy he's like not confident he's like you know uh, in this scene he's like uh tevya i need to talk to you and he's like not now and he goes okay thank you like you know (laughs) it's like it's that kind of thing um so after the sabbath tevya meets laser for a drink in the village inn assuming mistakenly that that laser wants to buy his cow so they have it's a funny scene, right? Oh, Where yeah. he's like talking, he thinks he's talking about the cow, and then Laser Wolf is like, "Well, I want to marry oh, her." Yeah, yeah. And like Tevye's a... like, "My cow?" And he's like, "Your daughter?" Oh, like it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, a once lot of the... double lang- double entendre language. Well, like, it's what? The sure. Hell? Well, no, it's just him being like, "She's a beauty," and he's like, "Yes, she will produce lots of milk for you." And he's like, "Wait, what?" So anyway. Well, it's a mis- yeah, misdirection. Uh, once the mis- well, it's meant to be that Tevya thinks they're talking about the cow and Laser's right. talking about Zidal. That's the misdirection. Um, once the misunderstanding is cleared up, Tevya agrees to let Laser marry Zidal. With a rich butcher, his daughter will never want for anything. All join in the celebration of Laser's good fortune, even the Russian youths. <laughs> Yeah, man. I think it's funny. They called them Russian youths. The Russian youths? Literally. Russian, like, not young men. Russian youths at the inn join in the celebration and show off their dancing skills, and they sing to life. And it's funny because as the song progresses, Tevya and Laser Wolf get progressively more drunk through the song because they are cheersing and drinking. And so by the time they get to the end, it's very funny. Well, and, like, what I like about that song, first of all, that song feels like it should be an act one closer, and it's not. It's just, like, halfway through. Um, but it's, it's, it's a funny thing that happens because the Russian people are there and they, they intermingle with each other. For the first time. Yeah. Like, well, you can tell there's, like, some standoffishness, but in the celebration, like, we all are celebrating. Yeah. They, like, dance and it's, like, fun. They do, like, Russian dances and stuff. I actually have a, dance. I have a cup or a mug somewhere in my office. Right here. That says, L'chaim to life. So, um, uh, from our show. That was one of my gifts. I just, but I do think from a writing perspective, having, having the Russians 
mixed with the Jews in this mm-hmm. scene is a really important sort of like well, and then it- yes, and I think it's noteworthy to note that they're youths. Like, it's not yeah. like older men. It's like young people drinking at the yeah. end. Um, Off duty. Correct. Uh, so they finish that song. Outside the end, Tevya happens upon the Russian constable who has jurisdiction over the Jews in the town. The constable warns him that there's going to be a little unofficial demonstration in the coming weeks. Um, basically, a euphemism for their... It's bad. Violence is going to occur. Someone's going to get hurt. Correct. The constable has sympathy for the Jewish community, but is powerless to prevent the violence. So it's interesting. And they, at least in the shows I've seen, they portray it where Tavia's like kind of friends with it. Like they, they have like a mutual respect for one another, despite the circumstances they're in. And so this is the constable giving him like a heads up, like, Hey, this is coming. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, Tevye is hungover, which I also think is very funny. After Perchik's lessons with the younger sister, Tevye's second daughter, Hoddle, mocks Perchik's Marxist interpretation of a Bible story. So it's a real, guys, it's that typical flirty banter when you're like, you're an idiot. And he's like, why? Talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they go back and forth by debating these, like, radical ideas. You know what, Um, though? It's very nice because this show is older. Yes. So it's really nice to see a female character, like, with brain. Yeah. And, like meet a guy that like she wants to be with because they're on the same intellectual level and here's the thing perchick in this show in the jewish community represents that change right because he's talking about these sort of like radical ideas and basically in this he criticizes her for hanging on to the old traditions of judaism noting the world is changing and he is somebody it's important to note that he does come from outside so he's like seen other things yeah where he's not just like pigeonholed by what they know in the village because no one has ever left yeah uh so uh to illustrate this he dances with her defying the prohibition against opposite sexes dancing together what now it's just footloose okay (laughs) just kidding um wait can i just tell you this wikipedia says to illustrate that he dances with opposite sexes dancing together the two begin to fall in love just there? Yeah. That's the first time? Here's the thing. Okay. This is correct. This, look, guys, it's a musical, so as we know, an accelerated People time of, like, falling in love. Oh, my God. Karen, um, I started watching Schmigadoon. Sure, it's great, right? Aaron Tveit's pants are, are high. So high. I told you. they, But they comment on it, I think, right? <laughs> Cecily Strong is like, sure. But, um, it's my great. God, fucking funny. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's it. Because, again, very quick things happen. Like, very, it's just funny. Sure. Um, so the two begin to fall in love. Later, a hungover Tavia announces that he has agreed uh, that Zytel will marry Laser Wolf. Golda is overjoyed, but Zytel is devastated and begs Tavia not to force her. Um, a kind of fun thing to know is that even though this is like he's the head of the household and he's the man, he does have these five daughters who surely, truly have him wrapped around oh, like they're where you're just like. So when Zytel is like, please, Crying. please, no. Yeah. He's like, oh, OK, wait a sec. Let me- Model arrives and tells Tevya that he has found the perfect match for Zytel and that he and Zytel gave each other a pledge. Um, and this is where we, the moment where he. Tevye has these moments where they're like, please, Papa, let me marry him. And there's a pause and a sting in the music. And he turns and yeah. breaks the fourth wall and goes, young people deciding these marriages for themselves? What the fuck is yeah. this? Well, he doesn't say what the fuck is this. but it, I mean, it's implied. Um, but he he's contemplative. It's like the, he, the little asides are him contemplating. It's his inner monologue basically yeah. going, oh, they've known each other since they were children. Like, da 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 So basically, though, he relents. And um, he promises, uh, Model promises that Zytel will not starve as his wife. Uh, Tevya is stunned and outraged by the breach of tradition, but impressed at the timid tailor's display of a backbone. Sure, 
After some soul searching, Tevye's monologue, he agrees for them to marry, but then is like, oh, I have to tell Golda. How will I tell Golda? Right. Well, and I, it's funny because these monologues, they can be like horrendously boring. If you have a good Tevye. Tevye, Like I've seen it both ways where I'm like, oh, this, this person is very dynamic and is excellent. And I've also seen it. He does a lot of like, (laughs) on one hand, um, but on the other, she loves him. That's like, that's like a through line that he uses like on the one hand, on the other hand, on the other hand. And then finally Um, at the very end. Well, and also in this scene, Wikipedia leaves out, model finally like stands up for himself. Yeah. So when Tevye is like, Tevye is basically like blowing off. He's like, not now, Model. Like, I've got him. I have a hangover. I'm trying to figure stuff out. And Model goes, yes, you will listen to me now. I am want to marry. You know, yeah. he has that moment that makes Tevye go, oh, hold on a sec. Makes him um, listen. Correct. Uh, so at the end of this, an overjoyed Model celebrates with Zaitl and sings Miracle of Miracles. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, like, bump. Whatever. Yeah. It's like not the best song in the show. Okay. It's not. Um, but you give Model a chance to sing. Okay, so. You get the song. Later that night, in bed with Golda, Tevye pretends to be waking from a nightmare. Golda offers I to interpret his dream, and Tevye, descri- quote-unquote, describes it in Tevye's dream. So, it's pretty funny, and at least this version and how we did it, we kept them on stage in their bed while he's essentially narrating the dream to Golda. Yeah, and then all the stuff happens on stage. So what happens, Golda's grandmother Zeidel, who obviously his daughter is named for, returns from the grave to bless the marriage of her namesake, but to model, not Laser Wolf. Laser's formidable late wife, Frumacera, sure, uh, rises from her grave to warn in graphic terms of severe retribution if Zeidel marries Laser Wolf. The superstitious Golda is terrified, and she quickly counsels that Zaitl must marry Model. So in the dream, though, as he's telling it, he's making it up. Yeah. So it's like, if you have, again, if you have a good Tavia, he's like, uh, and then your, she was yeah, there. your grandmother was there, and she, oh, she's giving the blessing, Model. And then he talks to the dream, which is fun. Like, yeah. no, grandmother, you mean Laser Wolf. No, no, and, no. Exactly. <laughs> sure. I mean, let's be real. These have happened all the time. my favorite scene. Okay, so here's what I will say about this scene. Um. I love it. Sure. If I were ever going to be in this show, I would just want to be from Sarah. That's it. I got one well, song in me and I got to go. Correct. We put from our from Sarah on a eight foot ladder and then like hit the ladder and then rolled it around. Yep. It was great. The one that I've seen most recently, the bed split in half. And Ooh, she came, came out through the bed. Sure. And it was very cool. That. Oh, I like that. But then she did roll around. Uh, we did the thing where she came up behind. Yeah. And then we did a trickery where as she was off stage getting on the ladder, we had someone in a costume appear in a window above. Ah. And then she came back out and we were like, trickery. Oh, illusions. <laughs> Thank you. Magic, magic of the stage. <laughs> magic. Uh, so anyway, the whole point is he convinces Golda that it's good. And she's like, yes, he should marry Model. Uh, while returning from town, Tevye's third daughter, the bookish Hava, and that's established Hava. early, is that she always has a book and is, like, dropping books and whatever. Sure, not a lot of personality, but sure, she's pretty like, quiet. She's quiet. Uh, is teased and intimidated by by some Gentile youth. So, Russian youths. Again, sure. youths. Rush, Russian um, youths. These fucking youths. But one, Fiedka, protects her, dismissing the others. He offers Hava the loan of a book, and a secret relationship <gasps> begins. Oh, my God. Sure, it's very. Here's the thing. It's very sweet because she is timid, but he reaches out to her and connects with her on that level of like, we both like to read. Here's a book for you. Yeah. Um, the wedding day of Zeidel and Model has arrived, and all the Jews join the ceremony and they sing "Sunrise Sunset," also, also beautiful. beautiful. And the celebration begins. They do the whole break the glass. Here we go. This um, is where the bottle dance comes in. Correct. Yeah. Laser gives a fine gift, but an argument arises when Tevya with Tevya over the broken agreement. 
Perchik ends... Yeah, Perchik ends the tiff by breaking another tradition. He crosses the barrier between men and women to dance with Tevye's daughter, Hadl. So, in Jewish tradition back in these days, men and women were separated during the wedding ceremony. So, uh, there's like, basically, when we we did it, we put a rope down the middle, and I think that's what I've seen. Ribbon, ribbon or rope or whatever. Yeah, some kind and of so, um, you know, Perchik steps over the line to dance with Hadl, and it's like, oh, and gaspy. Freaks out. Sure. This is also... Uh, famously, the bottle dance where they put you put a bottle on top of your head and it balances, and then they do this intricate like dance where they're like crouched down and doing stuff. It's pretty thing. famous. Um, we did it, but we did, did you break anyone? no, but we had the old thing where it was like the hat that has the little like oh the cup in it. Sure, yeah. again, theater magic. Theater magic. L- oh, Lauren, theater, theater magic. magic. Oh, God damn it! Okay. Great. <laughs> it's every episode I'm gonna have to put a. Fucking, I know it's my like, favorite. Okay, like, echo in here. Yeah, but that one's you deserves it. Like ooh, okay. You could pick a different effect. Okay, Whatever. so <laughs> as everybody, so then it's a funny thing where he does that, and then everyone's like scandalized. But then Tevia reaches out and is like Golda, and she's like scandalized, and he like stomps his foot, and they go, and then Model does it with Title, and everybody's dancing. But of course, this merriment is broken up by. Uh, the demonstration that we heard about earlier when Russian, Russians ride into the village and they disrupt the party, damaging the wedding gifts and wounding Perchik, who attempts to fight back. And basically, they wreak destruction in the village. Tevye instructs his family to clean up the mess. So it's they the thing where it, her wedding it literally, yeah, great. and it's, I think, purposefully, but, like, yeah. everyone is, like, dancing, having a great time, and then the um, the mood changes immediately. Yeah, that totally because these Russian, really like, soldiers walk in and you're like, oh, something bad and it's like violent they like break stuff they like push yeah. stuff off the table you know Perchik tries to stop him and he gets hit and it it just it's it's like a very sombering moment and then i think the thing that is more resonating is tevya just goes let's clean up like yeah. there is no like emotion of se- you know he's just like that's it we gotta go um that i have, know this is gonna happen sure that's how you end act one constable warned me yep so that's the end of act one i was a Sunrise, Sunset, probably one of my favorite songs in the sure, show. Beautiful. It's just so beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, if you're looking for, like, in the parlance of songs in terms of just a nice, not a ballad even, but just, like, a strong, quiet song that conveys stuff, well, is it, great. Just the, and from a parent, not that yes. I am a parent, but, like, from the parent perspective, like, Tevia's lyrics are just sure. so, like, gorgeous and poignant. Yep. And, like, you always think, like, I always think about my parents when we get, like, when I got married, like, it's just, it was, I don't know. My dad, yep. my dad and I have, like, a, a nice bond that way where I'm like, sure. this is, this is Tevia. <laughs> my okay. dad is a non-Jewish version of sure. Tevia. Okay, so, Only Act 2 dogs. starts. Months later, Perchik tells Hadel he must return to Kiev to work for the revolution. He proposes marriage, admitting that he loves her, and says he will send for her. She agrees, and they sing, Now I Have Everything. It's really a cute song. It's um, in a way where they actually sing it together, and Miracle of Miracles, it's just, just model him. singing, yeah. and Zydel's like, like, yay! This is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's it's what bananas. I always think is awkward, though, on stage. Um, like, it's like, I think a it's, guy that's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's the distribution of songs, like musicals, where they're like, well, Zydel sings Matchmaker, so... I guess I don't know. I just I, I, every time I've seen it staged, she like sits there. No, and he's, she has like, nothing around, to do. And you're like, this is. I, I think when we did it, we like choreographed him. But I was like, well, you just kind of sit there, and he's like showing off for you. But like, yeah, you don't really participate. Yeah. So like, just be into it. Um. So anyway, they sing this. 
Uh, and they tell Tevya that they are engaged, and he is appalled that they have they are basically spitting in the face of tradition to make their own match, especially as Perchik is leaving. Um, right, and they didn't ask. They're just like, no, they, they just married. did it. Like, <laughs> at least, like, sure, at least Model was like, I want to marry Zaitl, whatever. Well, and I think like, that's the, these three older daughters. They <laughs> should get ready. They, I know, right? Well, they do this thing where, like, they, they push the tradition so much yeah. on him that, like, finally by the time you get to Hava's thing, right. he snaps and he well, can't Well, so basically, it, it says, when he forbids the marriage, Perchik and Hadel inform him they do not seek his permission, which... What? What a uh, Only his blessing. So we once again, at Tevya's rebuttal, we have the moment where he's, they freeze and he's like, making a match without, they, without the papa's consent? Yeah. Permission? What yeah. the hell is this? Um, and so he, after more soul searching, Teva, Tevya relents. The world is changing and he must change with it. And he informs the young couple that he gives them his blessing and permission. And his permission, which... Which they like, were like, okay, well, we just needed the one. So just needed the one, but thank you so much. Um, Tevi explains that these ev- uh, explains these events to an astonished Golda, oh. and he says, "Love," he says, "it's the new style." Tevi asks Golda, despite their own arranged marriage, "Do you love me?" Oh and it's God. a very cute song. It's cute, but I've heard it like eighty five thousand times. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, Mah. well, it's here's the thing. It's cute because you realize like these people probably like they you realize by the end of the song they do love each other but they were arranged marriage and so it's it's him going do you love me and her going for 25 years i've washed your clothes and fed your children children." you know and he's like what do you she's like what do you mean do i love you and he's like yeah but do you love me this weird conversation get out of here and she's like i do uh meanwhile yenta tells zaitl that she saw hava with fiedka the russian this is like surely forbidden uh the secret romance (laughs) Um, this is the one. This is the one that's going to be, like, a whole thing. Sure. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, like, I was like, when does this happen? But it happens later. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, news spreads quickly that Anate- uh, in Anatevka that Perchik has been arrested and exiled to Siberia. And they sing the rumor I just heard. Uh, which is, is that, like... That song is sometimes in the show. Sure, it gets cut a lot. Yeah. We did it because we had so many... It was a fun Isn't thing to do. is another song, though, that is, like, sometimes in its place? Or am Ooh, I that making I, that up? I don't know. I know the rumor gets... Uh, the rumor, I think, is not in the movie. I think okay. it's cut. There's. I think there's another song that sometimes is an alt for it, but I don't sure. know what it is. Anyway. Uh, so, Hoddle is determined to go to Siberia to be with him. Uh, at the railway station, she explains to Tevya that her home is with her beloved, wherever he may be, although she will always love her family. And she sings Far From the Home I Love, which is, like, gorgeous. It's, yeah. like, gorgeous. And, like, good for you, Hoddle, for getting the banger number of the show, I think. Yeah. Um, well, just in a way where normally I feel like songs like this go to, you know, like, the female lead. Like, so Golda might have sung it, but she doesn't – Golda doesn't get that song. It doesn't yeah. get a song like that. And I think, you know, older or whatever. But it's, like, she – it's just – it's beautiful I, I just a beautiful and she's singing it to tevya which i think it's like when we did it, it was just the two of them on stage yeah I've so i've always seen it done i i would say like i think that points to the idea of the nature of the ensemble cast of the show yeah. like there isn't i mean there's one lead it's tevya but yeah. like uh there isn't really anybody else it's just about his relationships with all these women in yep. his life and how they push and like what they represent in the way of tradition and how they break it uh well it makes sense like based on the source material called tevya and his daughters like mm-hmm. That that to me checks out, but it's like in terms of this, like it's Tevya singing a lot, like yeah. he sings a lot, yeah. and I this it's just to me it's a it's a gorgeous song and it's just like very very emotional. Yeah, um, that's sweet. Some more time passes, 
and model has purchased a used sewing machine and he and Zydel have a baby. Um, and then the scene, it's very funny because they're like, have you, have you heard? Have you seen? Have you been to Model's tailor shop? And everybody rushes and you think it's going to be the, about having a baby. Oh. The new arrival oh, is yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you get there and it's the sewing machine. <laughs> but then Zyta walks in with a baby. So you're like, okay, so they did have a baby, but everyone yeah. is excited about the sewing machine. Um, it's my least favorite thing in which then we had to have a fake baby where she has to like carry on a fake baby. I hate a fake baby on stage. Okay. They always look bad. They never look real. They never are heavy enough, so it just looks like someone like carrying out a fake, like bundle I don't of know clothes. If I've ever like thought about that before. Uh, into the woods, fake baby always looks bad. Um, oh shit! Yeah, you're right. There is a correct fake baby in Into the Woods. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, so then uh, we get to they had a baby. It's exciting. Hava finally, so his third youngest, Hava, mm-hmm. finally uh, gathers the courage to ask Tavia to allow her to marry Fiedka. Which is like crazy. That's a breaking point. It for is. Tevia. Um, again, <laughs> like a no for well, me dog. <laughs> again, Tevia reaches deep in his soul, but marriage outside the Jewish faith is a line he cannot cross, or he will not cross. Yeah. And it's that thing where, so in all the previous ones where he's like addressing, like, well, on the one hand, yeah. he always gets to a certain point as like, well, I'll have another son. You know, Here's it's the hand it's that works. right. Yeah. And in this one, it's like, it's so heartbreaking. Because he, he's going back and forth, so potentially in your mind you're like, okay, so it's he's going to relent because so far he's relented to all these two other marriages that were unconventional. Yeah. And he it's like a build in the music, too. And he's oh, just like, I can't. Really powerful. I can't. No, it's too far. The the line that I that always gets me is like, there is no other hand. Sorry, Hama. Yes. And, and like, it's, oh my God. Well, and it's just, time. like I said, there's a piece in the score where the music builds under it, too, to like it's really It's the drive. tradition theme. Correct. And I was going to say, and it changes a little. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, he forbids Hava to speak with Fiedka again, and we kind of cut to she like runs off, and then Golda brings news that Hava has eloped with Fiedka, and Tevio wonders where he went wrong and sings Hava La Sequence, which Ugh. is another beautiful song. Um, we did it. This is like one of my favorite lighting things we ever did, where we kind of stationed him out front, stayed right, mm-hmm. and we put him on like a milk something or you know whatever, and he's singing, and then. We had the girls, all three girls come in, but we did a side light only. Oh. So it's them basically in silhouette. And it's the three. And this is like this part we didn't make up. Like, I'm not taking credit for that. And we're not the first people to do side lighting. Do but <laughs> it was we, we did a nice like amber, like yellow kind of sunsetty glow. And so it's the we had three girls dancing and then Zyta leaves and then Hada leaves, and it's just Hava dancing. Yeah. And then she, and then, oh, each time, like, their suitor comes and gets them and takes them away. And then finally, Fiatka comes and gets Hada, and they leave, and he's just alone singing on stage, Aww. you know? Um, Did you, you didn't use a little girl? No. We used our three girls playing it, and then, but had them do, um, I think, Hi- I'm sure Heidi, well, maybe Elena? One of those, maybe Lydia? I don't know. Somebody, one of those girls choreographed it, but... They did movements that were childlike. So they did like yeah. ring around the rosy kind of feel yeah. and then a little more ballet than potentially we normally do. Um, but the, it was the like, song lends you know, itself to more ballet. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, it's very lyric. I've seen it done where like you have a, like a little kid that looks like the sure. the old one. And then he's like playing with his like little young daughter. Oh, and it's yeah. like so heartbreaking. No, she we wakes up and, like grows up. I'm and, pretty sure. They didn't interact with him other than they like danced around him a little bit, I think. But in but didn't directly interact, which I I kind of appreciated. That's cute. Um, 
So basically, it ends that uh, scene, and Hava returns one more tra- time to try to reason with him, but he refuses to speak to her and tells the rest of the family to consider her dead. It's yeah. like really, it's so heartbreaking. Really She's hard like, "Please, watch. Papa," and you She's see like them crying. Well, and you see everyone else torn, where they're like, "That is, I want to talk to her." Like, and you know, he forbids it. Um, He's the boss. Meanwhile, rumors are spreading that Russian about Russians expelling Jews from their villages. While the villages are gathered, the constable arrives to tell everyone that they have three days to pack up and leave town. In shock, they reminisce about Anatevka and how hard it will be to leave um, what has been their home for so long. And it doesn't say it's for some reason Anatevka is just in quotes, but they sing a song literally called Anatevka. Called Anatevka, yeah. Yep. Um, As Anatevka, as it's the end scene is like bittersweet, where everyone is like packed up and they kind of come to like. So uh, Yenta says goodbye to Golda, and she's like, where are you going? She's like, I have a cousin in America, so maybe I will be able to go there. Yeah. And it's just everybody leaving, and they're all um, – Tevya and Golda's family in particular have packed up, and it's a, and basically as they're getting ready to leave, Hava and Fiedka stop to tell them they're also leaving for Krakow, unwilling to remain among people who could do such thing to others. And it's – it's that thing where he's still not talking to them, and Hava's like, we do not wish to remain here. And then Fiedka goes, I do not condone this. Like, these are not my people. Like, the people doing this are not my people. I'm yeah. basically with you. And Tevya still will not talk to her, uh, but when uh, Tevya says goodbye to Hava, uh, Tevya prompts her to add, God be with you. So it's this moment where she's, like, saying goodbye, and Tevya, like, with his back turned, is like, and tell her God be with you. Like, he... Yeah. He acknowledges her. Yeah. And it's like a very sweet moment. Uh, Model and Zeidel go to Poland as well, but will join the rest of the family when they have saved up enough money. That's an interesting plot point that I think is unnecessary. But, it is unnecessary. Um, sure. Like, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Um, They're just trying to, like, fit it all. Like, wrap up all these loose ends. Well, we just in know. a way where it's like a throwaway line when they're like, we'll meet you soon. And they're like, okay, bye. We don't um, care. Like, we're going to forget about this sure. later. <laughs> As, well, it's just like, what As Tevya, Golda, and their two youngest daughters leave the village for America, the fiddler begins to play. Tevya beckons with a nod, and the fiddler, fiddler follows them out of the village. So the fiddler has no, he's like alone. But when we did it, and this is, I think, pretty common, um, we had all of our villagers do the thing where they, like, walk in a circle, and then I had them leave through the house oh, with all their belongings and their, fun. like, bindles and things. And then just Tevya remained on stage remained on stage and then he gave a little nod to our fiddler who then ran and jumped in the back of his cart and they peeled oh, out oh cute that's um, cute they peeled out off stage because he, he didn't have enough time to get around for miles um valid and we, that's the end I've, I've, I've seen it a few times where like the fiddler sits on the roof and then the very last thing that they play they are standing yes. on the stage and like he I was gonna say they play the, the the like tune one more time and then that's him getting out. And then he's and then Tevi's like, come on. Um, I will tell a very funny story. When we did the show, uh, our friend Bart was our Tevia, And it was like a bucket list role for him. And he was so just because he's a dad. And he's yeah. like, Bart is a like, he's the dad, you know, and <laughs> like in the best in possible italics, way. He's yes. The dad. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the other thing for this show, I'm all my men were able and willing to grow full beards for the show. Oh, that's right. You so they were. Yeah. And then. Guys, we did it in June. It was so hot. And literally the last show, they took bows, ran backstage, and shaved their faces. Oh, boy. Because it was like 90 degrees out. Um, But the funny story is when we were doing this, and we were like, get ready to do the run-throughs and stuff, or read-throughs, and Bart was like, well, 
but when when is the fire? And I went, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, well, when are you, how are you going to do the fire? And I went, I'm so sorry, um, what fire? fire he goes, well, fire. at the end, when they, like, burn the village to the ground, because I think that happens Isn't in the, the movie. movie? Oh. <laughs> and I went, oh, Bart, we're not going to do that. We can set a fire. They just leave. I was like, it's a little less dire, I think, for... <laughs> I think that was for like cinematic purposes, but we we're just gonna leave. We're, we're not burning anything to the ground, and and we were because like goddamn it. Well, I'm and no no no, and he just goes, oh yeah, and I said, and because the kids we were with were like, what? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty because you know the musical, I think does a good job of talking about like the atrocities that are happening, but in a real like musical theater way. And the movies, I the movie took more liberties with the realism part of that, yeah. I think, than what happens on stage. Well, I think it's that thing too, where like in a movie you need something more dramatic Correct. because it's not in front. You know of what? You it's physically. the it's the same thing. The Nazis in Sound of Music movie versus the Nazis in the stage version, like they're an important and play a part, but like not nearly as scary. I think. Yeah. Well, and it's like it's. It the impact is different mm-hmm. when when something is happening in the room with you, right? Yeah. And we've talked about that yeah. before. So like you don't need a physical fire on stage because it it hits you in the same way as it would because mm-hmm. the things are happening to the people on stage in front of you in this room. Sure. So. Um, I will tell you to your question before is the rumor I just heard in the two thousand revival. It's a song in some of the women of the village, and they sing Topsy Turvy. Yes, okay, yep. that's the song that I was. I like. I've heard them both, and I mm-hmm. don't think that I don't think I've ever seen a production where they're both in it. Yeah. It's like one or the no, other. No, and it said the number replaced the rumor I just heard. Got it. Um, and in that way, Topsy Turvy is discussing the disappearing role of the matchmaker, which is not what the rumor is about. Sure. The rumor was yeah, fun, and it's a song I didn't know because it's not in the movie. But they're like, "Did you hear Perchik?" And it's like it's the game of telephone where yeah. it starts off with like Perchik is. Now, like, blah, 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 and it's just, it's very funny. Um, I mean, yeah. this is one of those things where when it debuted in 1964, Zero Mostel was, like, very well known He's for this the guy. Role. And, yeah. I, like, in a way where, I can't think of anything else he did. He would go on to play <laughs> it in the 1976 revival. I mean, so why, 12 years listen, later. you got a good thing going. Why, why, sure. why stop it, you know? Um, I don't really recognize, so sorry, these people are all like look upable but i don't really recognize any of the other people oh you mean leah michelle's not recognizable as spritza in oh. the revival of in 2000 whatever sure i don't once again as you know we don't support no fucking bullies um and can't read people can't read um well, she probably couldn't read at this point she was pretty young <laughs> in the 2000 no dude don't in 2004, Alfred Molina played him. He was good. Um, Alfred Molina for the youth. He was Doc Ock in uh, <gasps> yes, Spider Man. He was Doc. I mean, Ock. he's been in a million movies, but that's who he is. Sure, but he's Doc. Youth. Ock. That's it's who he my is. Favorite Spider Man villain. I almost said Superman. Sure, that's, not right. sure, that's all right. Uh, yeah, man. And then kind of like people. I don't really sure. The 2015 Danny Bernstein. Oh, so you know, that's he's, a guy. Uh, Danny Bernstein also plays the guy in Moulin Rouge. He plays the like owner. Oh yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't know the character's name off the top sure. of my head. Also, you you guys are welcome for all this sweet sweet knowledge I have in my brain. Uh, just the most caring name. Just kidding. Um, sure, it says like notable replacements. Sure, at some point, Bette Midler played Zeidel. What? What? Like when though? Like maybe in the seventies or something? Like what early days? Uh, well, just like. I love Bette Midler, but she's like older. Harvey Firestein played Tevye at some point. I'd like to see that. Oh, Golda has been played by Andrea Martin, oh. who's like staple, and Rosie O'Donnell. 
I did know that in my brain somewhere, and I forgot about that until now when you said that, and I still have questions about how did that work? That I have a lot of questions. Oh, and another show. God, why doesn't this happen anymore? It had its out of town tryout in Detroit at the Fisher Theater in nineteen in nineteen sixty four. Sure, I'm going to tell you in a sad way. Now I think out of town tryouts tend to go to Atlanta, Seattle. Paper Mill Playhouse in New York, in like Williamston, kind of. But man, Detroit used to be. This is we've done a couple now that were like it's out yeah. of town. It debuted in Detroit. Yeah, that sucks. Um, did you know? And you probably do because you've listened to every musical under the sun. Have you ever listened to Rags? Uh, the sequel to to Fiddler on the Roof. No, because as always, I do not respect <laughs> those things. We sh- we're gonna do that on the pot. Now that we've done Fiddler, we're gonna do rags. Uh, I'm trying to think because um, it's fucking weird. I've heard some of the music and I- it's nonsense. <laughs> um, I mean it's put sure it's played in a hundred different. There are a hundred per- different productions were mounted in the former West Germany. Damn, <laughs> sure Germany. Um, okay. A Hebrew language staging was produced in Tel Aviv in the '60s. Like it's just been like I said, it's just been done. It's that's so much. So much filler, uh, all of it. Well, and like the film, here's the thing: the film was very. It was. It received eight Oscar noms, including best picture, best director, best actor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it has won some stuff. It was nominated in 1964 for ten Tonys and won nine. <laughs> including, wow, including best. I know, sure. In a way, where like when it's that, you're just like, no, well, nine is good, but why didn't we get that last one? Uh, it won nine best musical. Best musical, best score, best book. Robbins won for best direction and choreography. Mostel and Kornilova won as best leading actor and best featured actress. And then in 1972, it won a special Tony for becoming the longest running musical on Broadway history at that time. Amazing. Uh, Congratulations. Let's see. Oh, the revivals have also been honored. Tony Awards. Bernardi was nominated as best actor 10 years later in the 91. The revival won for best revival. Cool. Uh, And Topol was nominated as best actor. Uh, the 2004 revival was nominated for six Tony Awards, but it didn't win anything. Um, I mean, it's so just... Michelle was there. She cursed it. I'm just saying, it's like, it's one of those shows that we talk a lot on... I, I tend to... Sure, I love history. Um, what? what? Really? Yeah. It's the thing where... It's another good snapshot of, like, a time in history. Yeah. Like, when this was happening. And it ages well because of that. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing in it that happens that you're like, Here's- cringy, because it's like, it's, it is depicting that time. Yes. I have one thing that I'd like to throw at you, because right now, the way theater and the way, the way our society is going, um, it's a gendered show. It's super, super gendered. Yeah, this show would be hard to do, like, non-binary, yeah. et cetera. So I think, I mean, like, I just... And because it's history, like, mm-hmm. you you can't make a lot of changes to that. I wonder if, like, if you have a non-binary actor, you just be like, hey, you just have to pick w- how you want to present for this show. <sighs> well, you know, right? here's what I'm going to say, though, in this way, which is um, I am excited to see shows who are creating characters that are non-binary and who are non-gendered in that way, and you are playing the character who identifies that way. Yeah. I think as an actor... You a little bit have to be like I'm playing a part, like, and this mm-hmm. part is not non-binary or non-gendered. Right. This part is a woman, a, a wife who has five daughters. Like, yeah. to me, and if you're gonna get bent out of shape about that, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's like, you know, it's like if someone is in the move, in like an, sure, I'm, um, 
I'm uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm playing Truman Capote. It doesn't mean that you. Well, I'm just because I was trying to think of something. Well, I was trying to think of something really specific where it's like, but that doesn't mean you like believe in all the things that Truman Capote did. It just is a thing where, like, to me, they're characters. Now, does there need to be more characters? That are inclusive? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The show does it, can't do it because it's too old. The show can't do it. And also, I don't think there needs... I don't think we need to change all the shows to be, in, to be that way. No. I, I just... You, I always think about it where it's like, what doesn't age well? What does age well? And I don't think it hasn't aged well. But yeah. it is one of those things that, like, when you think about, so, like, the man side of the room and the woman side yeah. of the room, it's like... Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. That's where people get, like... This is the part that's important. We have to stop erasing history in this way. Because it's important to see, like, that was... That was how it was, and it was bad. Yeah. And and we don't believe in that anymore. But guess what? We know it existed, and we don't... We changed it. Uh, I... Sure, I struggle with this because... Okay, so, perfect example. 1776 came back to Broadway, and it was done with, um non-binary and female identifying cast members and so they took a show that was i think all men like i don't really any women in that show no the answer because i don't really care about it no 1776 not a good show i'm wildly but um it's that thing where they did it and it was interesting but i also felt super gimmicky like why let there be a reason for why are you doing it are you proving what point are you proving what are we what are we we saying saying? yeah and so so to me, these shows have to still exist because they're amazing pieces of our like of musical theater history. But yeah. to that end, that's why there's new like here's the thing. Some things can be adapted. Company is a perfect example where Sondheim recognized, hey, there's some outdated stuff in here, right? Like Jamie Amy can become Jamie and that's okay. And mm-hmm. we want it to be that. This is not that though. That is a story that is like any man, any couple, any woman, right? So you have some leeway. This is like specific historical characters that are depicting a specific time in history. So no, you don't get to be non-binary when you play Tevya no. because you because that's not who that the character you can be is. A non-binary, non-binary as an actor, correct? But you have to be a baritone. You have yeah. to be able to present male yeah. to be able to do the role. Yeah, like, that's the end of it. And I think I don't think I I don't think. It's a slippery slope if we start going down the road of, well, we got to change it. But, like, no. we don't. Um, again, I don't – it doesn't mean that when you can, we should. Like, I love that company did that. I told you I like that version where Bobby is a girl more than when Bobby is a man. It would be interesting to see them as non-binary and how does that change the perspective of things. Yeah. I love that they put in a gay couple yeah. instead of it just being all heteronormative couples. But, like, it makes sense in that show, and it works for that show, because they're not trying to do a snapshot in time. Company, if anything, is trying to be timeless, where yeah. these are couples and things we talked about on our when it's we did it. relationship-based That anybody story. is going to experience, whether you are in a heteronormative couple, a gay couple, an LGBTQ couple, whatever you identify, right. these are just human pieces that you maybe are experiencing in a, like, in, when you're in a relationship. This is this not is what history. that is. Yeah, this is not what <laughs> yeah. that is, right? So, to me, it's a good question, but, like, I think I think we don't – we do ourselves a favor to keep them intact the way they are. Still, let's have discussions around it, but, like, from a history standpoint, you are playing, like, just shy of a historical figure. Now, I know. We did Hamilton, and Hamilton's all wackety-doo, blue blop. But guess what? That's, that's and it's also not like is it accurate is it super accurate no, no. so like let's all relax for a minute and well, and, and it doesn't make is, sense it's an interpretation of 
like American history with sure history, like with characters that are identified in our history books, um, whether Listen. they're good or not. But uh, but these characters are fictional, right? Just experiencing an right. event in history, and I think that is that's the line, the and that's the difference. So well, and I th- so listen. What a thing we've learned. The kids that the, we had a rehearsal the other day, and they warmed up to some greatest showman song, and they're like, "Do you love this musical?" And I went, "No, it's wildly inaccurate." And Barnum was an asshole and a yeah. terrible, exploitive piece of shit. Yeah. So, do I love that we've glorified him into this musical starring Hugh Jackman? No, I kind of don't. Yeah. He was so exploitive and terrible terrible yeah but yeah let's sing his fun song of like this is the greatest show on earth okay here we go you know sure i have problems with greatest showman uh but we don't have time today uh <laughs> there's sure. i have one big problem with greatest showman and um, it, it doesn't actually involve i think the history i heard a thing it's coming to broadway I, i'm sure it is i'm yeah. sure it is uh they wrote it so that they could test it like they it probably was originally a stage show and they're like you know what we should do make it a movie well it's all what pasek and paul so yeah I mean, yeah. it's already ripe for it, and they will do. They'll change it just enough, blah blah blah. Right. But like, genuinely, guys, go do quick. Just do a quick Google search on P.T. Barnum, and guess what? He wasn't a good dude. He really was. Um, but yay, we've glorified so, him. Fiddler on the roof. Um, Karen, talk to me about your next thing. <laughs> what? What are we gonna do next? What? Do we gonna rate it, or are we gonna sure. exit stage yeah, but, left by? Yeah, but I was gonna get there, but you've never presented it in that. What, I know. Are, what are you gonna do <laughs> next? Sure, okay. I don't know. What are we doing next? Sure. Oh, I was trying to think of the scale. <laughs> sure. Um, so essentially, I would say, let's say, on a scale of zero hands to six hands, what, what would you give it? Hands? Why hands? On the other hand, on the other hand, oh, bro. Oh my god! Sure, I you were are like you? Hands and I'm sorry, you you gut checked me a couple times. Are you okay? No, no, we've already established today. I'm sure, absolutely not. Um, okay. So how many hands? Here, you said zero to six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like three. Mm. Here's my thing. It's not my favorite show. It's a bit of a downer. So the music there's only, is like well, I, there's only like three songs that I really like yeah, in the show. The yeah. music is like fine. I, I have like three that I want. There's one role that I want to play. She's in one scene. Mm-hmm. Um. People always want to like be like, wow, you'd be such a fun title. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, in my community where I teach, very big Jewish population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they all kind of love it. Sure. Um, and that's like fine. I, It's not, it's just, you know, it's one of those shows that like you were all kind of aware of. And I think it's part of like historical musical theater. Like yeah. if you're going to talk about the big a, heavy hitters of musical of theater, this is one of them. Yeah. And maybe for that reason, maybe it's the same as Wicked where I'm like, well, it's there, and you know, uh, it's, it's, I appreciate it and respect it for what it is. Sure, um, it's not like when people are like doing Fiddler on the Roof. I'm not like sign me, excuse me, I need to be first in line. Like sure. that's not a thing. I'm I doing. tell you what, we saw kind of a like our version. It is in the tradition of old musicals where like the first act is two hours. Oh, I mean, it's just like too long. too long. And so we did some cutting, and we made sure like we had some slick, you know, scene changes to like cut that Do down. Some pacing. Well, I'm gonna tell you, we saw a version in which I took my mom. And it was after we had done ours, and the first act was an hour and 50 minutes. And my mom goes, was yours? She goes, yours wasn't this long. I said, no, ma'am. We cut it down to, like, an hour 15. And they kept in every scene change song, every, oh. like, all those things where I was like, oh, yeah, cut. Like, and they, they kept in. They put the vamps in no, 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 there no, 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 as no. options. They kept scene change music when they didn't have a scene change. So, like, because there's some moments where, like, you know, uh. someone, like, walks in and, like, someone walks out and, like, 
there's scene change for that where if you were in Broadway, it would like spin around to a different set, but you're in high school. And it was like, <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Where you're just like, yep. nope, they're just still there. It's like, just dark. Right. Like, oh, they're over to the right of the stage now while they clear the left of the stage. <laughs> like, it was that. But they still kept oh in God. the, and they played the full change where, well, friends, well. if you've never conducted a pit, you might not know this. Scene change music is meant to cover, but it's hopefully you don't play the whole thing. Optional. Well, hopefully, like, they will give you a page of music, but hopefully you're playing, like, you 12 measures. Yeah. yeah. You, you, as the conductor, you're watching, and then when they're off, you're like, and, and you do a cutoff and you move on. Yeah. We, um, decrescendo. That's right. So, to me, that was like, oh, they had, that that was that extra half hour of 45 minutes of show no. where I was like, this is too long. My mom goes, I had to go to the bathroom for so long. <laughs> the other thing about that production is they had a lot of girls playing boys, which oh. is like a thing that sometimes happens. Oh, I try to avoid that. But they put them all in like fake beards and mustaches. Excellent. But here's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> It made it so you could not tell who was talking. Oh so, my god, because the beard was so all, big. Yes, and so and also, if you've never worn like a fake beard, the, you talk differently because you you're scared it's gonna like fall off. fall off. Like the you know the gum you put on oh didn't my work. God. So my my That's poor funny. me and my poor mother. I won't keep throwing my mom under the bus, but we were like, you kind of were just like, who's oh. Got the line. And you know they're all mics, so it's all coming out. Voice. Well, it's all coming out of like the same place. So you're just like, well, I don't know who's talking, so I don't know who's that is. We gotta do more gestures well, with our hands. Ladies. I'll tell you too. The other thing that killed us in that show is the Golda had a very good accent. Right? So good that you couldn't understand. No, no, no. Oh. But not everybody did. So oh, then you were like, no. okay, but how did we get to her being like oh, pretty good? Like, what do you, you know, like the sort of Yiddish accent if you will and then other people just being like hello let's go out to the store you know like look at my new look at my new sewing machine everybody like and you're just like oh no correct it was so that was like honestly one of the saddest things of all time where i was like oh no as a director you got to be like everybody does it or nobody does it like oh gosh so those are my fiddler on the roof experiences um i would give it listen i like this show i give it five hands I think um, I don't love all the music, and in a weird way, this show is kind of music light. And I will say, is, yeah. the I potentially enjoy the score more than the yes. musical numbers, That's if that makes point. sense. You know what? The underscoring, yeah, really, it's like its own. Character. You're way too far from your microphone, I don't know. bro. Why? Uh, why would I need to be close? Sure. Uh, no, the underscoring is like its own character. Truly, it, yeah. it, it like does it a lot. Fe- of it feeds a lot of the representation for sure, and it adds to the mood, which all good underscoring does. But yeah. I could listen, yeah. I think, to the score. Best potentially more than like some of the songs i don't disagree with that um very, so I give it very five. beautifully written yeah that's true um guys if you've never seen fiddler on the roof it does exist as a movie although it's an old ass movie and also not quite representative of what it looks like on stage so okay um that's i think true, we so. did it uh guys if you have any thoughts and feelings you can follow us at downstage left pc on all the socials you can email us at downstage left pc at gmail.com us a rating or like a review wherever yeah, you listen do those things you know? we it helps us i guess it helps us share the pod with somebody um guys don't assume people know about it like literally be pushy and be like hey have you listened to this yeah or not like honestly do whatever you want uh okay uh i'm gonna say we did it and uh i'm gonna say exit stage left followed by fruma sarah (laughs) 